This podcast is about spoilers and discussion. It's also about spooky stuff. You know, any film that we talk about here, we recommend you see in advance. You've been warned. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Horror. There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. Horror. You got red on you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Everyone and welcome to another brand new episode of Oh the Horror. It's a horror movie podcast where we take a look at classic and modern horror films from an expert and a newcomer's perspective. I'm the newcomer Steve Alvin, and I'm the expert Rob Holmes. And we are looking at the 2018 Gareth Evans directed Apostle on Netflix right now. So you have no excuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is um, what a weird film to come out, especially from Gareth Evans. Now. We know Gareth Evans from The Raid and The Raid 2, uh, primarily, right? Those and are his... really not much else. Like, like you, he had the one, uh, like, segment in VHS 2. Yeah, Safe Haven. kind of, that's it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, he did a... So, before he did The Raid, he did a, um, another small film with the lead actor from The Raid. Uh, and that, then, you know, that kind of is what got him to do The Raid. Uh, and then after that, it was like... He did the short for um, for VHS two, which Safe Haven showed. This guy can do horror. Holy crap, can he do horror? Because as I said at the end of the last episode, like Safe Haven is probably one of, if not the best short film I've ever seen. Right, and I, I have not yet seen it. I it's making me want to really like the more and more I see from this guy, like because I love both the Raid and the Raid two. Uh, like I just want to keep seeing more of what this guy can do with a camera and with a movie. And well, it's not just a camera. I mean, he wrote this movie too. Like he he's the is, writer and the director. He, and which it's is kind of incredible. He's he's quite a talented guy cuz you'd think that just by seeing the raid I'm like, okay, this guy's thing is action. This guy can just make a damn good action movie and like so he doesn't need a big story. He doesn't really need like, you know, heavy-hitting actors or something to, like, really carry it because he just made two of the craziest action movies I've ever seen. And now he comes with this movie, and, like, he's swinging something pretty heavy with some good actors and, like, scene work and along with some pretty incredible action and set pieces. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, with this film, I had heard a little bit about it. As weird as it is when I hear Netflix is putting out their own films, especially horror films, I'm a little hesitant. Uh, I, at least I, I had been. And people had talked about Apostle, and they're like, "I'm like, what? What is this movie? You know, I don't even know what it is. I hadn't even seen a trailer." People are like, "No, man, it's like a horror. It's like a slow burn. You need to see it. It's Dan Stevens." And I'm like, "Well, I really love The Guest because The Guest is like." such a good thriller I'll, I'll check this out i had no idea gareth evans had directed this until credits rolled at the end and then i was like oh like because there's moments in this film that i'm, I'm watching and i'm thinking man this is really well written and put together like structurally it makes sense as it's flowing from scene to scene and i don't feel bored i know that some people said oh it felt a little too long for them but for me i like the flow of it i like the pace of it i f i got to understand who these characters are as individuals and how some of them were kind of just sucked into this cultist life um and how other ones are being 
they they don't know any better, and then other they're kind ones of being brought along are, for the ride, kind of a thing. Right, right, and then some are being corrupted uh, by the land, essentially, because they, you know, in the beginning they talk about. Well, let's even let's even go into what the hell this movie is. I, I think kind of an important thing to to say about this movie is that it, it really presents itself as a mystery in its in its kind of first act. Uh, because this movie kind of brings forward a lot of big important questions and you're not really even sure what you're seeing uh, for the most part. Like we in the very beginning, we don't even know who Dan Stevens character is. He's just like this like disheveled, crazy, just like, well, you hear him person. say like you hear this guy say that we got the letter for it's his father and he's like, we got this letter that they're holding her for ransom. We need you to go get your sister. So you're like, oh, okay, this this guy is going to have to go rescue his sister from this cult. They wanted the guy, I guess the father, to go out there and said he had to come alone. But even even before then, mm-hmm. uh, we well, like we see him all disheveled and mm-hmm. talking about, mm-hmm. like, oh, the world thinks you're dead. And, like, all yeah. of these things that, like, you, you're, like, you're not supposed to even be here. And we don't know well, why. And, like, it's, and we, it's we, a very, yeah. like... And we find out why. We will find out why. But and when we, as a, we go, a, so so let's kind of, I mean, we'll, we'll just say it. Because if you're listening to this, you've seen the movie, hopefully. Um, we find out that, that Thomas, um, who's played by Dan Stevens, is a former uh, Christian, mission, Christian missionary uh, who went to Peking during the Boxer Rebellion and tried to introduce Christianity to China. Oof, you picked a bad time to go. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go well. It didn't go well at yeah. all. Um, and you you see what happens when he goes there. So basically, you have a man of faith who has lost his faith completely. He is now going to this island that is full of people who have faith in something. A god of some sort, you know? They believe that these blood sacrifices that they've been doing on this island has caused the ground to be fertile when it shouldn't be fertile. Right. Um, and this is so all introduced in a very yeah. slow and methodic way because you don't really know of anything. And Dan Stevens is a perfect kind of uh, introductory uh, thing to just slowly discover what this cult is actually really about because it's this very fun, like, as he's just, like, peeking through everybody's houses, like, you just see, like, okay, the woman is, like, getting pricked with the knife by her husband and then dripping the blood into the cup and then offering it to the daughter and then, like, you see one person go down, or, like, you see you see him go down into the shed. You don't know what that is. That's a mysterious thing. And then as he's going back into his room, like, there's all these cups of blood that he's, like, very, like... He's also very smart. Dan Stevens' character is so smart in this movie because he he switches out the like the wrong invitation for the right one. Well, that, he sees uh, it in the beginning with that red mark on it. So it's got this little red dot. He sees everyone else's, and there's no red dot. And being the fact that, you know, after everything he went through as a missionary, which was probably awful, because they show a good amount of, like, some of the awful shit he had to go through uh, in his flashbacks in there. And then... You know, the fact that he knows that these people have his sister passes this note. He switches it with somebody to help them pick up their stuff. Mm-hmm. Just out and of instinct. He, and, and, like, the thing is, you feel, oh, man, it's awful because I feel so bad for the guy who ended up getting pulled aside uh, Yeah, he was afterwards. clearly, like, a true believer. It's clearly a true believer, but, you know, they, they're like, no, this is the person we sent this stuff to. He's, he's you know, this, uh, he's the one that we have to take or kill or whatever we're going to use as a sacrifice because the whole movie starts to you think it's just going to be trying to get the money from them or trying to get this ransom but it's it's really not the ransom really does not have that much to do with this movie 
Well, um, it's probably more so that like they see the ransom as kind of a fallback so that they could just buy supplies off the mainland so that they don't need to worry about the crops if that fails. I'm guessing that's what that money was used for maybe. so they could actually and, survive. But what I also like is that they don't they don't really talk about it. It's kind of left there. And really, it could exactly. just be a ploy to get the guy for a blood sacrifice, you know what I mean? They don't want to kill their own, but they're willing to sacrifice others. And that's really kind of what I liked about this movie, where lesser movies have really uh, failed. Because there's a lot of things that you question or you're not really sure about in its first act. Like, we see we see Dan Stevens like kind of like taking this like tincture of like what, what appears to be pain. What we know now is pain medication, but like he's all like... Like, he's really, like, surviving on this thing. Like, he needs this to, like, quelch something inside of him. Right, right. And then we see him We see him with all of these tattered marks and the cross on his back and stuff. We don't know what that's about. Like, for the longest time, until, like, with all of this occult stuff and, like, horror things, I was like, is he, like, secretly a werewolf or something? Like, is he <laughs> just a monster? I, I seriously thought that. I seriously thought, like, oh, my God, is there something, like, supernatural about him that he's suppressing? Because... Like, he's on this, like, crazy, like, religious kick or whatever, yeah. which, like, would have been cool. It would have been pretty cool. Uh, but it's it turns out it's because he's in constant pain from the okay, like, things that know, happened to him. Do you know why I'm glad they didn't do that? That has, that no, that's, like, literally been a plot line of about three or four movies in the last two years. I understand. But, like, the, uh, like, up to that point, the movie had been so compelling that I'm just like, oh, man, like, if we're dealing with occult shit and he's an occult thing and those two occult things got to fight, oh, and now it's the Maybe, right yeah. again, but with occult things. See, um, you, you, see no. you had the mind point. Yeah, you you had that, that whole Gareth Evans raid thing in mind when you, right. when you were watching it. Now, <laughs> granted, <clears throat> while there isn't uh, him turning into a werewolf or whatever, what we do see creature-wise in this is is pretty interesting. We end up with a, like, a goddess of the land, basically. She's what makes everything grow. You know, it's like Mother Nature, right, essentially. Yeah, yeah. We find out later in this film that a, like, the idea is everything's growing because they've been, uh, the, the founders of the island found this goddess and were like, cool, you make stuff grow, we're going to capture you and lock you up. We're just going to feed which you is, blood. Which is crazy. It's insane. And then the grinder, that's the other thing. This dude who's Oof, like, man. they call him the grinder. He he looks like some crazy, weird, mongoloid freak show thing. And he looks he like a Silent Hill monster, pretty much. Yeah, well, that's, like, that's, he's that's, a, that's, yeah. It's, it's like some weird mongoloid Silent Hill monster. Crazy. I mean, the thing is, he looks beastly and, and all very like Resident Evil 4. Um, and there, you know, that's the thing that's like, it'll kill some people or captures and is you know putting people in the bags and then uh at one point kills some person and feeds the blood to um to the goddess and i'm like wow this is insane but even before then we get to these we we start talking about small characters in this film you, you start meeting characters you're like all right these are ancillary characters who won't matter whatsoever nope nope they matter they matter a lot like uh I mean, jeremy and, and the fion like the oh two yes teenagers. absolutely holy shit mm -hmm. you think it's just going to be a minor thing that doesn't matter you're like all right we're seeing how these two teens are whatever nope that's like a that's like the crux of the film basically of what makes shit go off the rails and i i really think that uh i i think i'm both in a little bit of a ways of a failing of this movie uh but more so it, it's it's to its strength that uh 
as it juggles all of these characters with their relationships to the island and why it's so important, like we think that our main character really is uh, Dan Stephen playing playing Thomas and like the things that he go through and and very much is, but it's also very much the story of these three guys that have discovered this island and like uh, are sowing the seeds of distrust amongst each other to know what they actually need to do. And uh, when we kind of start to you know, like see more of that, I get I got a kind of I got a little antsy because we're like I thought oh this movie's revealing too much too soon or it's revealing the wrong things in the wrong order um, because I, every time that I we switched to a scene where we were talking about uh, like dealing with the three brothers brilliantly played by Michael Sheen one of them uh, like he's so good I really was like oh well like we shouldn't we be worrying about like this person just over there like one scene away because like every time that like when we were uh when we were uh, uh well it, it was it was it was fiance fa- so fiance father quinn is the one who yes. murdered fiance so basically let, let's before we even get that the, what happened is fiance and jeremy are in love Fionn basically when they're out one night is like I want you basically says to Jeremy she wants Jeremy to have sex with her and he's like are you sure we should and she's like no I want this they have sex uh you know it's seen by Thomas or he sees like one of them going home and no stuff but they decide they're not going to say anything and they're going to keep it quiet well she finds out she's pregnant and Quinn her dad finds out and loses his shit he loses his shit and kills his own daughter just brutal and he is just absolutely awful quinn is out of almost out of nowhere like our main villain who just appears he is like the pure antagonist that we get right and it's it's a very subtle a sudden and abrupt turn uh from yeah. just this kind of bruiser like enforcer type from Michael Sheen's character to just like you know be the law of the land or the enforcer and now he's like crazy zealot I run this place yeah but you got to remember I never... you got to remember who they were though Malcolm Malcolm Frank and Quinn were convicts when they founded this when they founded the island and the cult so here's the weird thing it's Malcolm it's Frank it's Quinn Malcolm is Michael Sheen and then Frank and Quinn are uh, two other actors, <laughs> and uh, Frank, Frank and Quinn, um, Jeremy is Frank's son. Fion is Quinn's daughter. So do you see how this just got really weird? You know, it got very, they very be, weird, very they quickly. They should be happy. They should be celebrating because they founded this together. Families are now coming together, but instead, uh, he Quinn freaks out, decides to kill his own daughter. And then confronts Jeremy. Like, Jeremy comes in and confronts him over this, and it just turns into... This is where the film goes into, like... If it wasn't horror yet, it sure as shit is now. Oh, it absolutely is now. And then we... And then again, Gareth Evans knows how to, like, even make a, like, a scuffle look like an epic fight scene. Because, really, they were just tussling over a knife. And it looks so visceral and so impactful. Like, when... When his father, or when her father, like, comes up to her, and he's just, like, this big looming thing, and it's, like, shot like a, it's shot like a video game in a weird way, where it's just, like, from, directly from his back, and he's just, like, thudding through the house. Like, it's so visceral and so incredibly, like, shot that you just feel like 
that like there's an energy to the scene that like wouldn't have been captured any other way. And I well, really, Gareth, really like is... the way that he does this. Gareth Evans likes to do immersive camera work. He wants you to feel like a participant in his films. So when you're watching the raid, you feel like you're in that hallway scene with everybody because of how fast it's moving. You feel like you're attached to your main character. And in this, you're attached, you know, certain characters at certain moments. You do get that third person over the shoulder shot a couple of times. And you're not getting it high up. You're getting it at a lower angle, which is great. It does give it's it It's very, that. very close. It's so intimate and, like, it feels grimy. It feels like you Dude, shouldn't you know what be it, this close to something. Do you know what it feels like? And we just saw this movie recently. When they get to the house in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it's that low angle of her, uh, one of the girls walking through up to the house. You're it's absolutely like, yeah. right. You're absolutely right. It, it's I, I know exactly man. what you're talking about. Yeah, no, it is. It very it, much it, is. It makes you feel closer to what is happening. And yeah. they, like it's this this movie will ultimately just be me praising and wanting Gareth Evans to just keep doing movies. Please God, keep doing movies. Oh yeah, because dude, he's obviously he's going to. He's such he's a very talented writer, a very talented director. He gets amazing performances out of his actors. I mean, he I really think does. so. And I, I, but I will say, like, I'm not going to detract from the movie too much. But I think that I yeah, will yeah. say the story ultimately is a bit simple, uh, only course, because. Yeah. He's uh, like they like the plots that are tying together. They're uh, the the more intriguing and a bit more robust story is between these three guys that have founded the island. And yeah, uh, as 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 great as Dan Stephen is at portraying somebody who's constantly freaked out at what's happening, um, I kind of just got a bit more of a like a generic type of story from him because he's just clearly surviving this at, at, at uh, a certain point okay you know what i will <laughs> there's specifically one thing in particular which i uh, i saw the scene and i'm like oh okay cool you you pull the hills have eyes and uh almost every other film so so uh, there's one moment <clears throat> in this and by the way it's a kick-ass moment um where dan stevens has been hooked with these wires onto this table to be thrown into this like thresher essentially like ground the grinder he's going to be put into a grinder right and the guy's pulling on it and he's getting it closer and it's like holy shit like what what's going to happen well dan stevens is able to somewhat kind of break free and grab onto this guy and like pull him in as well um but it gets pulled in to the point where dan stevens loses part of his hand like he loses a good two to three of his fingers, um, like pinky ring and maybe his middle finger get gone, like taken out. But this is, I, I'm not going to say it's a cheap way to injure a character and have them still be able to move around because you, you have to, sometimes a main character has to have injuries. If you, if you get, let them go off scot-free, it's, it's ridiculous. In this case, there's a little more to it by the time we get to the end. But in movies like the, the remake for the Hills have eyes, we have a character who gets, you know, in order to keep him alive but get him injured the exact same thing pretty much the exact same fingers and it seems like that happens in a lot of movies where if someone's going to get injured now it seems like they like to go for the hand and they like to go for like two to three fingers and this also happens hostile it dude hostile the main character jay hernandez's character in hostile gets like two of his fingers or three cut off as well before he can escape it's like that's how you escape i lost a couple of fingers but that got me to be able to escape 
That's a very interesting uh, thing to notice because now that you mention it, I'm like, okay, yeah, like if you want to injure the main character in a like in a subtle but non-lethal way, like that's a that's a pretty good thing to do. Um, take a finger, I, yeah, or two. Yeah, 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 just break a few couple fingers or like you know mm -hmm. take off an arm or something. Like if you want to get real yeah. extreme. Uh, yeah, yeah, take take off a hand and make a mash. You know what I mean? Let's, like. Let's, Let's talk about so this is a horror movie podcast. Let's actually talk about the horror elements of this movie because uh, at, shit, at the yeah. surface or at the surface level, uh, not that many, but lore rich. I would say, uh, like oh, it's it, not a it's, movie yeah. about jump scares. It's not a movie of, of like even like existential dread. I would say. Right. I think it's more of just a mystery. It's a thriller, but it, like there are. Like there are very much like horrific elements to this story in its latter half or in its latter act, really, that come to the surface um, where it's I kind mean, of it's, just. Yeah, it's wrapped up in this mystery and then just explodes with all of this like witchcraft lore. And like, like, is this woman a druid? Like, is she actually a goddess? Because based on the ending where, you know, we could assume that Dan Stevens actually became this thing that she was like what is oh no this? no no i have a totally different yeah yeah I, the, the, but from, it, what I, from what i gathered in the approach with the, this is slow burn horror i mean this is going back to like the real slow burn thriller more than anything in the same way like look there's movies but it's a character study it's like house of the devil right house of the devil is a slow burn film it takes a while to get to what you want to get to um and it has some crazy horror elements in it at the end of the day it's a horror film and this is the same type of thing this to me is more of a character study and a character piece that is also the slow burn horror you know it works it's like rosemary's baby in a way you know it's like rosemary's baby has a couple of like insane shocking moments but a lot of it is character study and following these people around um and i and i don't want uh I wouldn't want casual people to be turned off of this because I would still recommend this to people that aren't even that big of fans of horror per se. But if they like like big mysteries or big like crazy uh, plot heavy thrillers, this could still work for them for sure. Uh, I, I, I this th this kind of like ties me into like w what a quiet place could be. Like it's not even so much. I wouldn't call it entry level, but I certainly would call it like horror light. Ooh, you know, no, 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 no. I, you know, I, I don't think I can. Uh, a quiet place I can see is horror light. We're talking PG-13 versus R, and this movie definitely earns its R in a couple of moments. Now, it, it's it's the, I mean, it, it's the purification ritual. I think, because that in itself, you don't see a ton of what's going on, but you know what's happening, and you know that. And it's it's the noises, man. Like so, okay. The purification ritual for no one, or for people who don't know, is um, you. It's like medieval torture. Uh, you get put down onto a table, and they crank this thing around your head until uh your skull it fractures because you definitely hear his skull fracture when they vice his head. Uh, I felt like I was watching Casino circa 1905. Um, and you know it's. You're like, this is brutal enough, but then they take this giant crank drill, like with the giant boring hole in it, plus the... Ri so this thing is, you know it's not going to go well, but this is their ritual. And uh, the guy's father, you know, Jeremy's father isn't there. He's off with, um, like Frank is off with uh, Malcolm, 
off, you know, doing their thing. So this this goes on like without him there everyone's around people are like freaking out some are saying it's necessary some are like what the hell and he cranks this thing and you're just like oh my god because it was already right up to his skull and you know one crank's just going to be brutal but he just keeps going and then he pulls this thing out and you're just like you just see hollow hole of head it's It's, brutal man it's it's a it's a completely visceral moment and only built up from uh, that character being a complete monster and then framing him for the murder and then eventually and it's happening yeah again and it's happening to a teenager exactly like we've we've taken it to a whole nother level when we start doing that and the guy didn't even he was innocent to begin with so oh man yeah this is where it's like this is where shit gets insane because when you get malcolm coming back with frank all of a sudden quinn says malcolm's a false prophet and says you need to kill thomas and you know because he's he's was the one who came back or whatever he's the guy who we should be going after and it just from there and then it all falls run- apart it's it like because yeah because then frank is just like no i want i want off this island you killed my son you monster i'm burning this place to the ground all this play yeah but before that even happens like frank gets killed by the grinder when he's running over to that place because you see him and you see thomas and frank kind of goes in first from one area and you just or no he is not even in you just hear an awful gross noise and then frank is like bleeding out and whatever and the grinder looks out and you see thomas like pushed up against the wall just like please don't uh see me please don't see me so I'm a, I'm a very big fan of the TV show Legion, of which he stars, and he has the bit like, I keep seeing, whenever he has that freaked out face, I just thinking of whenever it's made for comedic effect in Legion, and he's just like, oh, God. And, like, he has this, like, I think he has, like, one kind of wonky eye sometimes. Like, he just crosses his eyes every time, like, he's kind of really straining. And to me, I just kind of laugh, and I can't blame him because he's a very good actor. But I just, I've seen too much of Legion to actually, like, take that look seriously. Because I'm just like, oh, no, I'm in trouble again, Dan Stevens kind of face. <laughs> I just, it was nah, so good. See, see, I think differently because the first thing I saw him in was The Guest. Now, a lot of people know him from Downton Abbey and stuff like that, but I never watched that. Um, very good show. But for the- Recommendable. Yeah, the guest though, man, he just he killed it in that, and I I just think this guy's like a he's a solid actor all around. Started ap- appearing in literally everything that was coming out um, through 2017, 2018. It was kind of getting annoying a little bit. Um, he's getting he, well. He's getting to the point where like his name on a project is making me want to check it out because he's if at the very least he will be good. Yeah, except for you know like the Beauty and the Beast live action. Um, well, that, but hey, listen. man, can't all can't all be winners. And I didn't see whatever the man who invented Christmas that he did, which was you know the Charles Dickens. Oh, I, sh- I should I should thing. see that. That should be our next one. But anyway, I uh, think yeah, I, yeah, because obviously <laughs> that's a that's a horrible a horror movie. I mean, I, uh, yes, it is. It is horrific. <laughs> um, but I I think uh, to kind of uh, put a like a bit of a to to put like my overall thing that I take away from this is uh, it, how 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 virtuosic. Uh, Gareth Evans is as a director because he's juggling a lot with this movie and he's just he's giving you just enough of what you need for everything and then he'll have these random bursts of actual like of Gareth Evans being like the director from the raid because I think that that like one kind of kung fu move that Thomas does when he's being held by those two dudes with spears was like incredible yeah. like I'm like are you a kung fu master too like cuz you could just disarm great. you guys with poles 
like it was it was incredible to watch but also based on this like very d- dark and serious thing you just get these these random acts of like while tonally appropriate stylistically very different types of violence where you see like the the guy like all of those guards like shoving into the one uh, assassin from the king like he him getting shoved with like five spears it looks awesome but i'm like wow this is way too cool for just like a a like down home like wicker man type of movie this is like yeah but that's that's what makes it great that's what makes this film that's what takes this from being an okay movie to a solid film like it would take away the fact that even if you don't want to see it as a horror film and you just want to go in as like a mystery thriller, fuck it, fine, okay. It's a solid mystery thriller that's got some killer action scenes and really good choreography that it takes a person like Gareth Evans to do. You take any other indie director or uh, person who's going to make a period piece like this, the action's not going to be nearly as... um, visceral or intense or fluid as as and that's and that's the thing and and i i mean this as a high compliment but like i feel that this movie this movie could have been done by a majority of most competent directors like a movie like this could be just as effective in the hands of another director but knowing that he did this gives it a very good stylistic edge that i greatly appreciate and it's kind of the main takeaway that i have of this movie because like this movie isn't even that generic because i think the story of it is quite good but the way that this it comes together on the screen i really just love it looks so good from start to finish just and the that farm where that goddess is just like in that like sort of like bed throne of just like vines that like die and then come to life and then die. And but come here's back what I lo- here's here's what I really loved about that is that she hated being where she was at. She was being tortured. Oh, absolutely. She she wanted out of it. it. This isn't something she wanted. She didn't even want these blood sacrifices that were being fed to her. She basically when she is is able to kind of talk to Dan Stevens' character. It's pretty much a kill me situation, right? Um, and but she, she, she wants, was clearly like indoctrinating his mind with something or his his body with some kind um, of spirit because he was all was, like wistly eyed and like having it visions. Was sho- it was showing him. It, it, basically, she showed him all the stuff that she saw and what was going on. So it basically the idea behind it in my mind is it was a man who lost his faith who had his faith restored and decided that this was the best course of action. You know, this is what she wanted because it was going to be best for the land. It was the only thing that was going to literally save the land was to destroy her imprisonment. And that's where, you know, at the final end of the film, um, Dan Stevens has been, like, he, they finally kill Quinn, but before they get Quinn, Dan Stevens' character has been stabbed a lot. A lot. And, you know, his sister, he's able to get her and rescue her. And then um, they're able to also take Malcolm's daughter um, with them as well. So they're like, you know, they're running off and uh, he just kind of falls and he's like, no, you guys have to go to the boat, go to the boat, get out of here, like be safe. So everyone's leaving, shit's on fire, you know, the whole town or the whole uh, village is burning. And... As he falls to the ground, um, 
Malcolm finds him and he falls next to him and they're both mortally wounded essentially at this point. I think Malcolm's mortally wounded too. And as they as they fall and kind of lie there understanding what's happened to him, you see Dan Stevens just is like staring up at the sky and all of the vegetation around him starts to grow, like feeding off of his blood and feeding off of his body. So he essentially gives himself to the earth at the end of it and he is finally at peace he has done something he has done something good he has finally done i think what he really set out to do and Mm -hmm. that was and he feels comfortable in his faith being restored in something that's bigger than himself yes and that's why like uh, it's one you know it's a it's you know how i am with cg any cg moment i'm like but in this case uh, you know, it's CG grass coming around him and stuff as he's, like, fading away and getting eaten up or whatever. But you know what? Fuck it, man. It looks good for this. I thought it was a great way to end it. I thought it was a great... It, it's it's solid, and it doesn't make your main character magically get away and, you know, be the... He's still the hero, but he dies a hero's death. I think so. I, I would I would agree about that. I, uh, I, I would say that... Uh, I was more of the fact that, like, oh, she might have just transferred, you know, the power of the land or, like, the whatever sort of spirit or ethereal tether she had to this place or this power that she had might have been that. And he kind of felt, like, at peace with that, knowing that, like, he wouldn't die, but he goes on to this next phase of his life, whatever his new afterlife is to know that he it will be passed on because that's kind of what he wanted as a man of faith. It seemed to be at least uh, that he had saved who he wanted to and that he got his, uh, his reward in the afterlife. Um, and it's haunting to think about what that actually means because we don't really know. Uh, but I, I think that was kind of the best thing that this movie does because we still don't really have all the answers at the end of this. Do you know what but, this actually well, reminds me of more than anything? The, now that I'm thinking about like how this plays out, it almost plays like like a video game. Oh, for sure. Um, oh, I, I would say because so. Because you have, and, and the one game that I think of, now granted, it is nothing like that. <laughs> but no, when, when I say, because uh, the, the thing I was going to say is it kind of reminds me of something like Bioshock, right? You oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A person who, and you could take any of them. I mean, you could take Booker DeWitt in the third one, really, too. Um, it's this person who is going somewhere. They're, they, they're going somewhere to retrieve something. That's the whole idea, you know? And along the way, things change, and it doesn't always end well for people. Like, if you, you know, and, and it, that's where I see a lot of parallels. Actually, I see a lot of parallels between Bioshock Infinite more than I see between any of the other ones but it's an interesting it's an interesting parallel to see but i think in this case you know we are talking about a very it's a simple story you know it is it is a very simple story and that is not to detract from how enjoyable the movie can be it just it knows exactly where to pick its battles it knows when to be important it knows when to be heavy uh but it compels you along by the mysteries and questions that it asks and the important things that you need to know as a viewer are taken care of and the mysterious things while still enjoyable to not know, are still left unanswered. Now, that could still upset some people where you're like, well, no, what was the deal with that lady? Was she a goddess? Was she just a magical thing? Was she a, like, what was that? Um, There's still some things that would be 
unsatisfactorily unanswered. And sure, but I think to there's, that there's I would brilliance. say like you got to shrug your shoulders at, and I'm just like, hey, it was right. still a fun ride, and we still had a great time. I know I did. Yeah, but there's brilliance, I think, in its simplicity, right? Like, there's, yes, absolutely. You absolutely. have such a you have such a simple story. If you gave everything away, it would just be pointless. Like that's it the would. one thing that 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 people want. I think in a lot of films, they're like, I want every answer. Well, cool. If you get every answer in that film, are you actually going to be happy with it? Or are you going to go, man, now I'm disappointed. I wish that was still a mystery. Prime example, actually. Um, So after we did our our thing for Bird Box last week, uh, I saw that they showed what the creature was going to look like from Bird Box. Did you see any of this? I I did not see that, no. It looks like a weird baby. It looks like if... There was a baby version, like a goofy Jim Henson baby version of the creature from The Descent. It looked okay, awful, no. dude. Apparently, well, when they... In that case, I'm when, glad uh, they didn't show it. That's what I'm saying. Like, when Sandra Bullock saw it, because she didn't want to see it ahead of time or something, and when she finally saw it, she just started laughing, and she's like, oh, no, this, is, this isn't good. So they realized we can't, they can't put it in there, so they had to pull it. And I'm glad they did. I, I, you know, it's ambiguity, man. Ambiguity makes films. That's why John Carpenter's The Thing has kind of that ambiguous ending, even, you know, to a point. And that's why people love it. There are films that people still talk about nowadays because of these ambiguous endings, and they don't tell you everything. You don't know who was the thing when they were the thing. It's it's left open to interpretation, and I, I that's why I like films like this. An apostle because there's so much lore that we got off of this that you know it could be based off of actual lore if i if we were to actually dig in deep i haven't but i'm sure there's probably something that he based it well, on there might be well, um, i would say and so if, and if not he can create his own world out of it if he wanted to and take it even further so we can see an expanded upon world it's not like they've they've limited themselves um in this in this universe and world they've created oh no not at uh, all not at all so but i know i, I, like I mean I, you know i like i like mystery in my movies absolutely and i, th- I think to round it out like this is a this is an easy recommend for me yeah i mean this is this is a, uh, a simple recommend look if if for some reason you've listened to this and you haven't seen this film uh which is weird but that's fine watch it i know that a lot of people have this stigma that oh it's a netflix film oh it's a netflix film it must not be very good you know like cloverfield paradox but remember they bought cloverfield paradox from warner brothers okay they paid 40 million for that garbage now in this case this was something that was this was going to get made and i guess netflix was like yeah we want to be your distributor we really like your script we like what you're going with so I've seen a lot of good Netflix movies. I've seen a few bad ones, but when it comes to their horror stuff, they've they've been pretty good so far. They're not all winners, sure, but I haven't seen anything that's been dreadfully abysmal. I mean, yet. yeah, and with with the next one that we're looking to to review in the next in the coming month, uh, I I have nothing but like interesting things to think about with this one. Um, yeah, that'll be. That's the uh, what's that one called? Man, the... Velvet Buzz, Velvet Buzzsaw, or Velvet Chainsaw is uh, looking really nice. <laughs> I'll say that. Well, yeah, I saw the trailer for it, and I'm like, yep, that we are. Yeah, we're I'm doing in. That. I'm in. So that's be, cool. That's that's like beginning of February. I think February first. Yeah, um, we will definitely be taking a look at that. But uh, but yeah, next lo- week though. Next week we are. Uh, 
we're going to be taking a look at a little Stuart Gordon film called From Beyond. I'm very excited because it's Lovecraftian, and you know how I love Lovecraftian stuff. Mm-hmm. And you got a couple of reanimator actors back, so Barbara Crampton, Jeffrey Combs, and Stuart Gordon returning to direct. So, uh, Nothing but great yeah, things man. here. Nothing but great things. Mm-hmm. All right, awesome. Well, that is going to do it for us here at Oh the Horror. Why don't you tell us where we can be found on the internet, Rob? Uh, well, you can check us out on OhTheHorrorCast.com. You can check us out on Facebook at OhTheHorrorCast, on Twitter at OhTheHorrorCast, on Instagram, really at uh, at um, Holmes Invasion, because that's the one I post on the most. Um <laughs> And, you know, any other places you download your podcast, so Libsyn, iTunes, uh, Google Play, any of that stuff, um, you know, feel free to give us a review. We, we love to get reviews because then we can know what movies you guys want to have us talk about next. Um, you know, if there's things that you guys want to hear about in particular, did we not dig deep enough into a film? Uh, yeah, feel free to email us, give us reviews, any of that stuff. Um We just appreciate your support. So, yeah, until next time, uh, I'm Rob Holmes. And I'm Steve Allman. And this has been Oh the Horror. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Now, it is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. When there's no more room in hell, the dead 